Hi and welcome to the podcast, You're Having Tea with Alice. Uh, this is about the third time I've recorded this because there's a quite aggressive bird uh, who keeps chipping in with a very strange call. If that happens this time, I'm just going to run through and if it doesn't, you're going to feel strange about this disclaimer. This week's episode is with Tom Walker, who is an old colleague of mine from Sydney University and now a performer. This was recorded a couple of weeks ago at the Adelaide Fringe Festival in the Rhino Room dressing room, which uh, the venue manager very nicely let me use to record podcasts because it was relatively quiet and self-contained. <coughs> Sorry, you can probably hear in my voice I still have this cough. Uh, that's annoying, but not your problem at all. Thank you, everybody who's subscribed on Patreon this month. There's a couple of new subscribers and a couple of people who've upped their subscription money stuff. That's so kind and so good and it means that I can afford tea for all of my guests it means I can afford very soon to get a new microphone I got an SD card because my old one broke all of that stuff it just makes the podcast not cost a huge amount of money to put together and to put out to you I've been trying to put up a few uh, articles and blog posts on the Patreon page for you guys specifically but also for all of the listeners I think they're open access but uh, they're extra specially for the people who give me money. Oh, God, what an awful thing to say. They're for everybody. Read them. Uh, let me know what you think of them. Let me know if you prefer one kind of post over the other. Uh, I, it probably won't change my output, but it might affect decision-making processes uh, because I like to do things that you like to do. Um, or I like to do things that I like to do, to be honest, but it's nice if, if you also like them. Uh, please enjoy listening to this podcast. I enjoyed having the conversation. Um, I'm going to try and do something big for the 100th episode, but I haven't decided yet, and it's coming up close. So again, if you have any suggestions, alicerfraser at gmail.com or Twitter at alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E. It's like alliterative but with one L. Um, and I'll see you at one of my shows, I hope, ideally. Maybe you're having tea with Alice. Boink. Uh, all right. Uh, welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. I'm talking to Tom Walker. What would you define yourself as, Tom? Oh, hello. Uh, I would describe myself as a very funny, nice boy. Um, I'm, I'm a clown, but I'm kind of trying to move away from the word clown, and I think I'd just be a comedian. Yeah. Okay. So when you say a clown, you mean a sort of a physical, unconventional comedian or yeah, improv-driven or... Someone, like, to me, a clown is someone who, and this is kind of one of the reasons I don't like using it, is because it's so bizarre in that if you say it to one person, they're like, ah, oh, grease paint, red nose, big shoes. And what I mean when I say it is uh, a clown is someone who plays from a state of idiocy. Just uh, someone who uses comedy uh, from a place of being completely stupid and playful um, and feeding off the audience. Yeah, I think that's an interesting dichotomy in comedy at the moment, which is that you play the fool, but mm. some people play it for the fun of being the fool and some people play it as a trick on the audience, which is the way I will do it if I come across as a fool, it's because I'm trying to make a smart point. Yeah, yeah. But that can get really frustrating. 
Yeah, I I basically gravitated towards it because I realized that if whenever I tried to be smart and write actual stand up, I just said the same things my favorite comics were saying. Uh-huh. Like I spent about I reckon six months doing what I now realize was a Stuart Lee impression, uh, a very bad Australian Stuart Lee impression, um, before abandoning it and just doing this stuff. Uh huh. And yeah. so. You- that's interesting. And you're vegan? I am vegan. Why? I am vegan. Why? Um, ethics. Is it ethics? Yeah, I was just on a plane and I made the mistake of thinking about it too hard and then I asked for the vegetarian meal and haven't looked back since. That's good. Yeah, I don't know. Meat comes from animals. And the animals sometimes aren't happy. That's the extent of it. For you? Yeah. So do you think of it as uh, dodging having to think about the more complicated issues of things like sourcing of soy products, for example? Well, I kind of look around that. So veganism is a is my move against what like is ugly, which is that uh, I looked at this meat all my life and I'd kind of thought to myself, no, it's fine. You know what? If it came down to it and it was me or a cow, I could kill a cow. Mm-hmm. I could. I could kill a cow. And I could, to this day. Very strong forearms. But um, I, it's not that when I'm just in a supermarket and shopping for meat. I'm not shopping for that. I'm just shopping for flavor, mm. you know, and something pleasant to eat. Uh, so veganism is my move away from supporting all that industry and the suffering of animals. And then soy stuff is just something I try and avoid by not eating soy but it really goes as deep as you wanted to like everything is based on cruelty yeah. when you get down to it yes uh particularly clothes and things yeah uh and and human human cruelty rather than animal cruelty i don't know it's interesting how many comedians are vegan mm. i think it's people who think too much about stuff i think it's people who have the luxury of being alone so much yeah. And just the ability to just, like, who enjoy the whir of their own mind thinking. And so they just get the, uh, to run the motor and just be like, oh, thinking, thinking. And also a very big fear of being called out as a hypocrite, maybe. Yeah, possibly. Mm. I don't, I, comedians don't like to be called hypocrites, which is funny because we're all hypocrites. Oh, absolutely. I think we're willing to call ourselves hypocrites but not have other people call us hypocrites. Oh, if there's one thing comedians hate, it's hitting the blogosphere. <laughs> That's 100% true. Do you, have you been drinking any good tea recently? No. Why not? Well, I like coffee. Alice, let's mm. put it out there. Sometimes coffee is not what you need, though. Yeah, no. Tea serves right. a different purpose from coffee. I mean, if you're looking for a straight stimulant, why not skip coffee and go straight to Coke? Well, when you talk about that, I find that coffee... I mean cocaine, not Coca-Cola. Oh, no, 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 of course. No, don't worry. Um, You're among industry folk here. (laughs) I know what Coke is short for. Um, (laughs) No, I... I like coffee because it strikes that perfect balance between coffee and cocaine where I'm energised, but I don't talk about myself and think that every idea is the best one. Like I would on cocaine. Plus, I've had ex-girlfriends who worked in totally PR. Do. No, I don't. That's a crazy idea. No. <laughs> you have ex-girlfriends, sorry. No, I just I dated a girl who worked in PR, and she hung out with people who did a lot of cocaine, and that kind of turned me off it. That's all. That's all. I That's just a good enough reason not to. I don't like team. people who do cocaine. That wasn't the question I asked. Well, here we are. Here we are, nonetheless. 
So you haven't drunk any good tea recently, which mm. I think is a, a shame. It's Although barbaric. you did just have a coffee, which yeah. is like a tea but made out of beans. Yeah, exactly. You got it's it. Apparently going to die out soon, the coffee bean. Really? Mm. Oh, jeez. If the global temperatures go up another couple of bits. Oh, no. So you better stop drinking tea is what I'm saying. I'll just make the switch to Coke and just pop it on the chin like a man. Like a man. Like a man. Do you feel very manly? Um, I've stopped worrying about it so much. Did you worry about it a lot? I worried about it all the time. All the time. Yeah, I was like so freaked out about not being masculine or manly enough. And then I kind of went to clown college, uh, which is what I call a Col Philippe Collier. And that kind of which nipped... Which is actually clown college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's like a... Sorry, for people who don't know. Uh, it's a theatre and drama school in France, taught in English... Um, that focuses on clown and play. Um, and I kind of left a lot of my masculinity hang-ups there. What, how would your masculinity hang-ups have manifested before that? Um, body image, uh, wanting to be a certain shape, which is basically... What um, shape? The shape up- of the rock? Kind of the shape of the rock. So essentially the upside-down triangle stuck onto two thick logs... Um, and arms that are so big that they could hold any girl. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I have watched the uh, World's Strongest Man competition. Oh, dude. This year uh, with uh, Henry in England, my twin brother who's in England. Uh, we watched it sort of semi-synchronously. That is my shit. Amazing. World's Strongest Man mm-hmm. is my shit. My favourite bit was uh, the bit where... Big Z, I was talking to Paul Byrne about this, Big Z who's like five time world strongest man champion was doing yeah. squats with this massive 300 kilo thing so they, they emphasised that it was the weight of a cow and yes. <laughs> everyone else did like one or two squats and he did four and then did another one and then his head just sort of started bleeding Yes, he that's just the wrong ahead leap. Man, world strongest man is the best for that because it's not like things... Anything can happen, not in terms of, like, anything can happen in the events itself, but anything can happen to the contestants' bodies. Yeah. Like, people just get nosebleeds while yeah. carrying so much weight. Yeah. There was one guy who just tore his shoulder from his oh shoulder God. and then kept competing, just, like, taped it back up. <laughs> World's Strongest Man is so good. Uh, and they, they invent new events every single year. Yeah, and the, 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 it's always lift something and carry it heavy. But oh, yeah, like for sure. None of them are, like, place. Scrabble. <laughs> it's like 200 pineapples in a bucket. Why 200 pineapples? Because that's the weight of a cow. And you have to carry them in a circle. It's so good. I love it. Uh, and at some point, they're just going to run out and start recycling it again and again. The thing that I like about it is, is it is the most primitive form of man competition. Like, that existed before anything existed. Totally. And also, in some ways, it is one of the least practical forms of strength unless you have for example something the approximate weight of a cow resting on like directly in front of your car in the morning yeah, but if- <laughs> these people are existing at an impractical level of strength in their yeah. day-to-day lives well, the, because my favorite thing about it is that because world's strongest man is a relatively amateur competition the oh. money at stake is not high they all have day jobs too. they do have you ever seen there's a bodybuilder called ronnie coleman who's like the the dude yeah 
he's like the dude. He's a British one. No, no, he's American. Uh-huh. Ronnie Ronnie Coleman is an African American man. Um, uh-huh. And there is a beautiful clip online from a documentary where he is uh, going into his day job, which is a police officer. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he's just like, you see, uh, and it's all him on stakeouts just eating fried chicken from a Tupperware <laughs> container. It's so good. But seeing him in a police officer's uniform is just like looking at an action figure that someone has painted on. <laughs> like, it does not fit him at all. <laughs> He'd have to have the custom size. But, well, I, like, the police officers I can sort of understand are the ones who are in security. But there's some who are just, like, IT guys for the local high school. Yeah. Amazing. Totally. Amazing. Because they've put all this, you know, energy into being one of the world's strongest men. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, is not nearly the title that world's strongest man is. Yes. Uh, Among the strongest of the men in hello. the world. Oh, hi. I do IT and um, information technologies. And I'm among the world's strongest men. I'm the fourth strongest man in the world. Yeah. God. Pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. It's pretty great. But they don't have tests of emotional strength, do they? No. Except implicit in the training. Um, I'm Facebook friends with Mikhail Shivlyakov. Not to brag. Not to brag. But clang, there's the name he's, drop. He's the Russian ex-Marine who's always smiling while he lifts things. That's... That, uh, if I ever get described like that, I want that on a poster. <laughs> Who's Mikhail? Shivlyakov. He was in the World's Strongest Man competition. He's, uh-huh. he's an ex-Marine and he's a Russian dude and he always smiles while he does the competitions. It's kind of his thing. Uh-huh. And he's the heartthrob of the man, World's Strongest Man kind of I love stable it's... of oh. men. He's the, he's the cute one. He's the cute one. Yeah. He's of never going to win because he's not big enough because he looks vaguely human. <laughs> yeah. So he's kind of the Anna Kornikova of the World's Strongest Man yes, competition. Yes, he is Exactly that. <laughs> I just can't imagine the groupies of the world's strongest men. Are they are they sort of large people, large men and women, or are they small men and women? I would guess that certainly in comparison to the world's strongest men, they are minuscule. <laughs> well, everyone is. Yeah. There's but... like, oh, I love it. I love it so much. I saw a clip on YouTube of a guy just doing a photo opportunity for, um, like, you know, just going on a publicity tour as the world's strongest man. Him just bending a pan in half. <laughs> just a frying pan. They just hand him a frying pan. He was like, Mo grim, gringonotos. And that would have been Big Z because he's been the world's strongest man for like four years running. And then he didn't get it this year. Oh. My commiserations to Big Z. Yeah. But if it's any consolation, he really showed this frying pan to his boss. <laughs> but I couldn't shake the feeling because I think it was set in a restaurant that somewhere <laughs> off camera was just a guy being like, what? Oh, oh, our best pan. Our best and strongest pan. <laughs> I just wanted it as an advertising opportunity for the pan uh-huh. product. Speaking of product placement, I've, I watched some music videos. I went to the gym here um, and I watched some music videos and they're doing product placement even in music videos now. Yeah, Everything. yeah, yeah. What, so what caught your eye? Because Beats by Dre is in pretty much every music video now. There will be a little segment where someone is wearing Beats by Dre or listening to a Beats by Dre speaker. But what did you see? Uh, I think I saw Gwen Stefani... Uh, just caressing a Fiat. (laughs) (laughs) Like a giant Gwen Stefani caressing a tiny Fiat? (laughs) No, both were proportionate to their size. She was just sort of lounging on it, vaguely sensually. Right. But it wasn't congruent with the rest of the theme of the music video, which seemed to be emojis. Uh Uh-huh. 
That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm kind of... You're all for capitalism. In that I would do it. Yeah. I think I would do that. I would take the chance. If someone was like, listen, Tom, we'll give you X amount of dollars. It could be 50. This bit frankly. goes out to all the blo- bloated plutocrats who are listening to my podcast. If yeah. you want to hire Tom to do something ethically questionable. Hello, 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 old and young money. Uh, <laughs> I would like to make my intentions known. I am available for sponsorship. Chuck me $50 and I will do a show inside a car of your choosing. Wow, would you do it to people only who could fit inside the car? Potentially. Or I'd just drive up to people, do the show, and then hop in the car and drive off and be like, oh, it's so comfortable in here. I was once witness to a performance poet who, brilliant girl, Mm. um, had somehow managed to get all of the local businesses each to sponsor a poem. So it wasn't wow. it wasn't uh, embedded advertising. She'd just say, "And this next poem is brought to you by the flower shop that's down the road." Blah blah blah. It's doing doing a special on dahlias at the moment, and then she'd just read the poem. That's so nice. I was like, "Wow!" That I did find it nice and also slightly repugnant but charming. I think if that had been, for example, IBM, that would have been disgusting. Yeah. Or you know, if that was in the same way as like the HSBC Waratahs are brought to you by HSBC. Yes. But if it's like Sue's Flower Shop, good on you, Sue. Good on you, Thanks Sue. Thanks for the poem. Yeah, sponsoring local local poetry. I think there should be more of that kind of small scale, which is why, you know, Patreon is great. Mm. Although, uh, surprisingly, apparently, a lot of pornography gets done on Patreon. Good on them. Good on them. Like, hand-drawn pornography, not um, live. They don't do live pornography, but if there's an element of oh, art the to thought. it... Yeah, there's a weird distinction. If there's an element to, of art to it, so if it's cartoons, then you're allowed to do it. All right. So as long as the boobs are drawn, then you can sponsor them. Yeah. All right. Okay. Wonderful. So that's your next job. Yeah. Can you draw boobs? I can draw boobs. I can certainly draw things that are identifiable as boobs, but they're mainly one circle, smaller circle within that circle, and an even smaller circle within that circle. <laughs> so they could be boobs or they could be bullseyes. Yeah, or really badly drawn Venn diagrams. <laughs> this is the worst. Or a receding circle. Yeah. Or like a uh, The inside a perspective on a cone. <laughs> <laughs> a blueprint for a very unsuccessful set of babushka dolls. <laughs> a top, yeah. No, just a vivisected babushka doll. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of fun. So, do you have any complicated ideas? Um, yes. Do you want to tell me any of them? Would love to. Here come my complicated ideas, Alice. <laughs> Why are you talking like that? Oh, no reason. <laughs> Just if I draw these out, that gives me a little more time. <laughs> so, here come the complicated ideas. Oh, what tea are you drinking, Alice? I'm drinking green tea with basil seed. Oh, wonderful. Well, that's good information (laughs) for the list. Now, here's my complicated ideas. Uh, (laughs) If you're nauseous enough, everyone will turn off before you get to the content. Yeah, thank God. Uh, That's what I bank on. No, I don't... um, I think the closest thing I have to a complicated ideas is I think there's... I don't know. This is my first time at the Fringe Festival. Mm. And being kind of in this zone of um i've never really gotten a review um i'm just kind of banking on word of mouth and have for a long time like i i'm very bad at press releases and contacting publications it makes me feel kind of gross and uh i'd rather be asked to do things or be noticed 
than kind of go on the grind and ask for things, mm. um, which is part vanity, part shyness, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, but yeah, I feel like there needs to a bit be... A Cinderella syndrome there. You want to be asked. Yeah, I just want to be asked. Mm. I bought these nice shoes. Why not ask? I have been leaving shoes on Timeout's desk for a long time. And they have no idea. They have no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I think that needs... Something needs to... Like... I don't know. Does the writing of comedy reviews needs to be addressed? Or, like, the the way we see comedy... I don't know. I've been walking around and just seeing all the stars and review quotes on posters. And they mean nothing? Or... I think there's some element in which... And I say this as someone who has none. Mm. Um, I will go and see things based on their review quotes and their stars, but I know just as well that there are people out there who are just as funny as them but haven't got those things. And it's so hard to find a way to take pe- to get people to take a punt on something that doesn't have the wreaths, the stars... The, um, the quotes, what have you. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I've had a bunch of good reviews, but my most successful quote that I put on a poster, as mm. in the, the quote that has had the most people go, oh, I'll, mm, I'll have to see that then, mm. is just Dan Illick, who employed me for Irrational Fear, and he said she's an intellectual comedy ninja. Yeah. And he said, he. what I did was I sent him an email back in the day and I was like, I need some quotes for my poster before I had any reviews. And he sent me about five quotes and said, pick one. That's great. So yeah. it's a hardly a legitimate quote and from a source that most people don't recognise, but nonetheless. No, I, I think there's backing behind that too, because I've been thinking of like, because if when you see something quoted from a publication, mm. you and I think this is the comedy nerd in me. Like, if you're a regular person, maybe this doesn't pop up, but you don't know who that person is. Mm. The review culture and like when I try and read criticism, the way you read it is you find someone whose opinions you agree with and who you respect and uh, who you think you match up with, or even if you don't match up with them, someone you respect and like their opinions enough to read well, that they and have value. consistent enough opinions that you can tell from what they like or don't like, what you'll like or not like. Yeah, you know whether you're a Margaret or a David, Mm -hmm. basically. Um, And when you see just a quote taken out of context and put on a poster, you don't know who that person is. Whereas if you source it from, say, a peer or someone who's seen you perform a few times, something like that, who might be higher profile than you, I think that has, I don't know, maybe more value. Mm. Um, Certainly easier to get if you've got their email address. Uh, and that's something I've been considering doing for my show and for me as a person. I think the, 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 the dilemma comes when they say something nice to you after your show and you go, oh, can I use that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Knowing that you have to say something nice to me after my show if you just saw my show, particularly if you saw my show for free. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it gets awkward. This is a tip for listeners. Don't give critical feedback immediately after a show yeah there's a 15 minute window where all everyone's shields are down and they're just a raw tender fetus and they're not up for your useful advice yeah as soon as someone leaves the room they just performed a show in just praise 
the set design, <laughs> the lighting design. I don't care if it was a microphone, two lights in a 25-seater room. You say you really respect what they did with the space <laughs> or that you love the way they started. Uh, praise the punctuality of the show. Just no negative words. Nothing. 15 minutes is up. Go like, oh. You were shit. Yeah. I just, well, no, I think you could have done things different. That kind of thing. That can happen afterwards, but first yeah. it just has to be, wow, wow, what an hour. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that was an amount of time. What a time. I had a time. Simply one. So this is the fringe, you say? <laughs> wow. You're so brave. Oh, uh, the worst. I get that a lot, and I think sincerely meant. Uh, I don't think it is a sarcastic way of getting out of praise, but no. the idea that this is brave. I know it. Uh, I find it because I think uh, it's also something that is given very disproportionately to female comics and comedians. Um, but I don't know. It, it almost disrespects the fact that no, this isn't brave for me. I for you. Um, this isn't brave for Alice. She has the fucking chops. She's going up there to destroy. This isn't brave because it's the equivalent of Iron Man wading into a gunfight, like, you know, where people have pea shooters. I'm going to take the equivalent of Iron Man wading into a gunfight and put it in my uh, quote bank for when you get famous enough for that to be worth putting on my post. Hey, no problem. I'll race you to the top. I'll race you to the top. All First right. person there gets to use the poster quote. First person to touch Will Anderson wins. Too late. No! I did his podcast. I know. I don't mean to suggest I touched him in a weird way. No. Definitely not. Okay, first person, first person to touch Dave Hughes wins. Ready, set, go! <laughs> oh, Dave Hughes. He's a lovely man. Uh, you should touch him sometime. I'd love to. Big admirer. He was one of the first comedy um, like things I saw. Me and my parents would always watch The Glass House, which had Husey on it, uh-huh. being angry, uh, and we got tickets to his show at the Enmore. And that was exciting. Yeah, it was incredible. It was so cool seeing a comedian live. So now that you are after your clown school experience, you mm. feel less tied to your masculinity? Yeah, I don't know. Do you still I, have body image things? or? Oh, for sure. All the time. You like, still want to be a triangle on log legs? I still want to be beautiful. You know, we all want to be beautiful. I want to get to that stage where uh, people's heads turn as I pass in the street, as I swan down, mm. you know, turning sideways so they can pass so my delts don't brush either side of the alleyway. Um, but yeah, I certainly, like, I've let go of it a bit. And a big part of that was trying to switch my thinking from getting big to getting strong in the gym. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, switching from a... Just enjoying the time spent there rather than lusting after results. Kind of using a focus on the body and... I don't know, I read Starting Strength, mm-hmm. which is by a Mark Ripito, who is a giant crazy man who recommends as a diet for people who can't uh, gain muscle, that they just eat and drink what they usually do, but then add a gallon of milk a day. The GOMAD protocol. The GOMAD protocol. It's my favourite. I've got bits about that Yeah, it's in the, my stand-up. It's the greatest. It's amazing. Uh, it seems incredibly unhealthy, and I remember oh. very salutarily reading online in a forum about it, a man who had just sculled his gallon 
uh, and then got in a car and had to break suddenly at some lights and just projectile vomited milk over the inside of this front car windscreen. (laughs) Which is amazing to me. That's so good. Um, but yeah, he, he's, his book started off with uh, the sentence, physical strength is the single most important thing in life. <laughs> Which I think is the best start to anything I've ever read. Put your cards on a table. That's the best start to like a science fiction novel. Oh, the year is 2017. Yeah. Physical strength <laughs> is the single most important thing in life. You know who you might like? Uh, you might like Scott Sonnen if you like Ripito. Who that? Uh, Scott Sonnen is sort of functional agility, strength and fitness. Mm. He has a thing called TACFIT. And it's a little bit um, evangelism marketing. Sure. But uh, it's really good. My brother swears by it because I'm pretty sturdily built. I don't get injured. Um, but my brother tends to get injured uh, much more. Yeah. He's taller and has more gangle on him. Sure. So he has injuries and he finds that um, that Scott Sun and stuff works. Whereas you were kind of a, a risk-free stoic. I'm, I am a, a wombat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just solid and I don't break down. Your limbs stick out the bare minimum that they need to to get things done. <laughs> yeah. But you're not extending anything out into the path of, say, no, cars. I'm a, no, I'm a risk-free, I'm a risk-free Lego block of a human. Um, <laughs> Which is good. It's, it works for me. I mean, yeah, I'd totally. be I'd be a, a really marketable quantity back when what you wanted in a woman was sturdy legs and the cart pulling ability. You've got to see this Alice Fraser girl. All the princes <laughs> are banging after her low center of gravity. <laughs> We've all been tr- the whole village has been trying to push her over for days. <laughs> Them's bog running legs right there. <laughs> oh, you simply must see her pull the well. Um, <laughs> pull, pull the well. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying my best. It's not my century. It's not your century. Wrong, wrong century. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, I don't tend to do squats on stuff. But when I do it, it's very good. Mm. Sort of weird-looking exercises. You can tell who does it in the park by the idiosyncratic way that they move. Mm. But this was a guy who... His sort of hero story is that he was dyslexic and um, borderline diagnosed as retarded mm. in the technical use of that term. Uh, yeah, no, no, not the um, not the problematic '80s movie use of that term. Yes. <laughs> when you're watching your favourite movie and they just use that word, and you're like, oh, maybe I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, although, yeah, let's go to policing language a little later. Um, I just feel like you're trimming the bud at the end of a much longer branch, rather than cutting the branch off. Oh. When just having a problem with the word, for example, the word retarded rather than the problem with the way that people treat people with mental disabilities. Uh, Sorry, sidetrack. Tell me about the fit boy. Anyway, and then he sort of quote unquote healed himself by doing all of this fitness stuff and now is a genius. Sure. Very genius uh, is his whole thing. Cool. Um, And he trains marines and things. It's one of those classic. Right. Sort of modified paleo sort of. This is good enough that it can make people kill people. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it, it works yeah. uh, in that way. I really dig that. I like that there's been a switch kind of, and I know CrossFit is a massive cult, but, but towards the buzzword functional fitness. Because yeah. I think it seems a little bit healthier. Like the, certainly the bodies that are still displayed and objectified as a result of that functional fitness 
are very similar to the bodies that were displayed and objectified before, but they're about like, I would say, for men, 30 to 60, men to, 30 to 60 centimeters narrower on the lats yeah which is nice which is nice and also i think there's that the the big online communities so people who are attracted to those programs and things no longer really have the unrealistic expectation or can no longer Mm. unless they're really dumb sustain the unrealistic expectation because you see hundreds of people if it's if you know if it's a big program you see their progress and you see them go from unhealthily big to normal looking Mm. or from normal looking to normal looking but a bit better have you been on the bodybuilding.com forums? Yes. Because they are my favorite place in the world. I would say they're up there. Um, my favorite place in the world on the internet is going to the Amazon reviews section of the five pound Haribo sugar-free gummy bears uh-huh. website. Um, these five pound, I don't even know if they're for sale anymore, but they're five pound sugar-free Haribo gummy bears and they have a profound laxative effect. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's 960 reviews and they are poetic in length and descriptive in detail and uh, it's just, you just dip in and out of them uh, and they're they make me happy every time. I was reading, so this is a little <laughs> bit similar to this. I spent like, I was up till three, I would say one night, just reading this bodybuilding thread and just like cackling <laughs> about uh, about this supplement. And the, it read like someone was, these people were all simultaneously, without realizing it, documenting the same apocalypse. <laughs> Because they were all just like, yeah, I've been taking Hemo Rage for about... Hemo Rage. First off, Hemo Rage. Hemo Rage. Yeah, I've been taking Hemo Rage for a few days now. Not really seeing any results, but I've started blacking out a little. <laughs> hey guys, first pre-workout user here. I've been taking Hemo Rage. Um, it works really great, but my farts have started to smell like burning. I got no effect pre-workout, but then afterwards I found that I couldn't sit down for more than two seconds. And then like just literally pages upon pages of this stuff, people just being incredibly worried about it and not knowing the effect that it was having on their bodies. I can't get it because I've got this on on airplane mode, but seriously, I'll send you a link. Oh yeah? (laughs) To the Haribo gummy bears, because some people are just... Some people have read the reviews and other people have not. Yeah, yeah, grab your phone. Yeah, 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 let's do this. Um, but yeah, the, and then the end of that Hemo Rage thing is just that I finally was like, okay, I've got to look this up and found out that all of those reviews were from before the product got recalled because it had the active ingredients of methamphetamine <laughs> in it. <laughs> Yeah, just spat on you with laughter. No, oh, it's so good. I love people reviewing that kind of stuff. Um, Haribo, five pounds. Five LB, yeah, sugar free Amazon. Customer reviews. Yeah, this is the one. Mm. So the magic of the future is uh, is in here, and this is going to make some. Okay, so that's got forty four percent five-star reviews and 32% one-star reviews, so divisive. Um, so there's so many... Oh, my God. ...children do not bring to sporting events. 
Oh, so, someone called them Satan's diarrhea hate bears. <laughs> <laughs> I can never go back to my favorite store. Oh. Oh no, these poor people. It basically the 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 universal experience is people ate any more than five. Really. And then. Or up to a pound of them. And just then... And then about between half an hour later and five hours later, just start uncontrollably... (laughs) Just uncontrollably pooing for hours and hours. Like, people lose seven pounds or 11 pounds just in water weight from the experience. That's so funny. It's really funny. Just dip into it uh, if you need to pre-show warm-up to get your head in the game. Oh, absolutely. I'm... I am thrilled and awash with the joy of people buying a frankly unsustainable amount of sugar-free gummy bears and then <laughs> shitting for hours. Oh. And you often in like they're just there's a number of like almost too good to be true date night stories. And... Oh, for sure. Because what says date night like five pounds of Haribo gummy bears? <laughs> well, that they, they, they sort of didn't want to bloat before they went on a date, so they ate a couple of handfuls of these and oh. then all of this kind of thing, or oh. put them in putting them in children's party bags <laughs> to try and health them up. Oh, uh, I love that. Uh, the, the cop who ate them on a stakeout. Great. Um, everything is just fantastic. I think I, I suggest a, an, an hour at least of reading that if you. Thank you. I found the. Um, Unless you find people shitting themselves uncontrollable, not funny. I don't because my, it was how my father died. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. All right. Where yeah. can people find you online? Uh, they can find me online on Twitter. Mm-hmm. My handle is at Tom Walker is good and my Facebook page is Tom Walker good comedian mm-hmm. yeah um, why do you use epithets good and nice in your self descriptors because um, I like them I think I use Tom Walker is good as my handle because it's very hard to find something about Tom like I've got such a common name mm. that good is one of the few descriptors that is available. Also, it's a reference to uh, Mick Foley, the professional wrestler, who um, once came out and saw a sign that said, Foley is God. And he was like, "Mm, no. And then came out the next night with a sign saying, Foley is good. Uh, But yeah, Tom Walker is good is my handle. Um, Because, I don't know, I I think it's a good term. I think superlatives are often chucked around. And it's also just nice to have a, a low-grade thumbs up. You, know? you should do Brendan Burns' podcast, talk about wrestling there. Oh, God, I want to so badly. I've keep, I keep singing him around, so I'm going to plug my shows in a bit. But one of my shows is at Tux Cat, and he's also at Tux Cat. And I Tuxedo wanna... Cat? Tuxedo. Tuxedo Cat. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, and I want to talk about wrestling with him so badly. Do yeah. it. He's a nice man. He's You're a, a nice man. Thank You're you. You're both nice and good men. Yay.